0: everybody, hope you're doing well. It is uh, about 7 till midnight on uh, January 3rd, Monday, January 3rd. Uh, your Purdue Boilermakers have dropped their second game of the season, which isn't the end of the world in itself. Um, but I'll get to my thoughts a little bit deeper here in a minute of my thoughts of how uh, important this loss was. Purdue loses 74-69, to 69, uh, to Wisconsin in Mackey Arena. Wisconsin coming in was uh, 23rd in the nation. They were 11-2. They're a good team. Uh, Purdue was 12-1 and coming into the game. Had uh, kind of played with fire a little bit with um, some of the defensive effort in previous games, uh, specifically versus Nichols. They had some lapses. They allowed 90 points, like Ray Davis said, like I said on the, on the wrap-up. Um, but they played with fire long enough, and the bigger thing was Wisconsin um, completely took Purdue's offense out of sync. Purdue had 24 points at the half. Uh, coming into that game, they had scored I think 35 against Villanova, uh, maybe it was against Iowa. 31, uh, 31 against Villanova, 35 versus Iowa, I think, and um, and then this game, 24 points, pretty. Uh, pretty low for this offense. This offense has been so good, and um, I guess uh, we were pretty spoiled with the offensive production, and today they looked like they had in previous seasons, meaning uh, they just simply didn't have any um, rhythm. They didn't, uh, especially in the first half, um, they were not able to score at will at all. Wisconsin completely took them out of their game. It felt a lot like, one of those horrible era Wisconsin versus Purdue teams where games where it just kind of sets college basketball back a decade. Um, not fun to watch. Um, Davis was quite good. He was fun to watch. If you if you like Wisconsin, I disdain Wisconsin. So watching Purdue lose to Wisconsin has a special effect on me. I get pretty angry about it, and I'm pretty angry about it right now. Um, I watched the post game uh, with uh, players and Painter, Zach Eadie looks especially angry. Um, His answers were one word and just kept saying uh, as little as he could, but the big thing he said is they were tougher than us. They were tougher than us. They were tougher than us. Painter clearly drilled it into their head that Purdue didn't deserve to win based on their effort, and uh, they clearly didn't. This game has some parallels to me with some of the other games that didn't look so great. They didn't look very good at Iowa, as you remember, Um, They didn't look good at all versus Rutgers. The Rutgers and Wisconsin game have one thing in common. Number one, they're conference games. So they're one and two in conference right now, which is ridiculous. Um, It's ridiculous to me. uh, The the meat of the schedule is in front of Purdue, and they're one and two in conference. I have a big problem with that because I think that the games get harder. Um, This was a home game. Granted, Mackey Arena was at half strength because there was no paint crew. But playing at Wisconsin, playing at um, the Cole Center is harder, even though Matt Painter does pretty well. I wouldn't put Pat, put it past Purdue to uh, even up this season's um, you know series with Wisconsin, go one-on-one one versus Wisconsin. Um, but uh, some of the goals that I thought the team had, and based on what Zach Eadie and other players had said about not wanting to just be ranked, but wanting to be one of the best teams in America – um, going one and two to start the Big Ten conference season is um, been gonna cut it. And um, after the Rutgers game, people thought, you know, like me included, what does this loss do to the team? How does it affect them? And um, it's tough to see that they have had a dramatic wake-up call yet. Maybe this will do it, but um, the problems that Purdue has are pretty consistent. One of the big ones is stopping guards who are really good at scoring. Purdue struggles at that. They struggled versus Nichols. They let a lot of guys score six, uh, 29 points. Uh, tonight it was Davis. He scored 37 points. I didn't realize it was that many till now. I knew he was dominating. I, I actually uh, got up and left the game a couple times because I was getting so angry. Um, really bothers me watching a Purdue team that can't be a speed bump to a team. And it'd be one thing if it was just like a classic back-and-forth game like You know, Carson Edwards and uh, Ryan Klein played against Tennessee. Um, That's one thing where it's just kind of the flow of the game. But this was not that. This was one guy putting on a show and Purdue not being able to do anything about it. Purdue doesn't have an effective defensive stopper. As close as they are to it right now is um, Ethan Morton for the guards. Um, The guards, I don't know how else to say this on defense, are just atrocious. And this is something that we haven't seen at Purdue in a long time where you have a bunch of – Uh, guards that can't can't stop anybody Um, and until Purdue figures that out they're gonna be a major trouble on top of that uh, so uh, let let me go through the stats real quick Uh, Zach Eady did everything he could to try to uh, drag Purdue to victory but much of the reason he dominated was uh, Wisconsin got in some foul trouble they had I think uh, two guys foul out they had another guy in foul trouble let's see yeah Wall and Crowell both fouled out, you know, three, and Vote. They all ended up fouling out. Um, so, three big men for Wisconsin fouled out, and um, Edie took advantage of that, which was awesome. 24 points, uh, 10 rebounds, excellent game. Um, he had a lot of turnovers he was bringing the ball down low Um, he had a problem he was coming in high with the elbow he needs to keep the the arms vertical I know it's tough when you watch Purdue and you watch a seven-footer struggle to stay away from offensively fouling a guy but um, there's a technique on that he just can't come across this way he needs to come across that way and uh, he did it a couple times uh, where he took his elbow right across the face of Wisconsin players and I'm sure that smarts a bit but um nothing flagrant but they were legit offensive fouls uh ivy had 14 points um and three rebounds and three assists he played 28 minutes he was in foul trouble in the first half part of the reason Purdue was struggling so much on offense um and he really took over the game for about he did what he what he's done in a couple other games did that versus iowa where he just shows the spurt and And all of a sudden, Purdue is up. And it did not at the beginning of the second half, and it looked like Purdue was going to do it. So here's another parallel with that Iowa game and the Rutgers game was Purdue got a lead, and they could not space themselves out. They couldn't get further out in the lead. And you can give credit to Wisconsin, which Painter did, and some of Purdue's players did. But it's a a common problem that if Purdue, Purdue gets out in front of a team that they struggle for much of the half, and then they can't put them away, um, and you could call that killer instinct, you can call that uh, lack of continuity, whatever you want. But it's tough to watch and I think they may have the th- this is the b- the big scheme of things. I thought Purdue would and could be a one or two seed going into the tournament. To do that, I think they had to contend for the big Ten title. They don't have to win it, obviously, but that means they probably needed to lose about three or four games in conference tops to get up there to get in that uh, one or two seats sure anything can happen um they could you know can all depends on who you beat and when you beat them Katie always talks about that about the Katie used to talk about that a lot about when you beat teams when you play them that sort of thing but Purdue has really made this the idea of being a contender for the final four uh, more difficult on themselves so if you um, split with Wisconsin, that means that you have to beat Wisconsin. If you split with Rutgers, that means you have to beat Rutgers. There's two losses right there. And then if you split with Illinois and you split with, there's one other team that I thought they could split with, they can afford to split with and still be up Michigan. You split with Michigan, um, that means you have four losses right there. Then, then you have at Ohio State and you've got Michigan State at Mackey Arena and you've got IU to contend with and you've got Northwestern. We can, we can. Uh, kind of dismiss Northwestern if we want to. I think that's foolish. Northwestern is only eight and three, but Northwestern's big problem that Purdue will have to contend with is number one: they play the zone. If Purdue is off that day and Purdue doesn't shoot the three well, Purdue could be in big trouble. And also, they've got Boo Booey, who uh, a guard, a guard that can score, a guard, a dynamic guard or a shooting forward that can score off the dribble, Purdue is going to struggle mightily with them until they get the defense fixed and they do not look like they are close to having that defense fixed. So right there you count four losses. You got Minnesota who has two very dynamic scores and a lot of people in the Big 10 are kind of dismissing Minnesota as not one of the contenders coming in because they weren't Ohio State, Michigan State, Purdue or Michigan. All I got news, Michigan State's tough. And so that's at Minnesota, by the way, that game too. Big Ten is always a meat grinder. We know that. Purdue, if you went into the season thing, Purdue was like they usually are, and they're going to be upper third of the conference, contending for the title but finishing the fourth or third place. Fine. You're probably still pretty pleased. There's lots of good basketball in front of them, and there still is. There still is a ton of good things they can play for. But they just made things really, really difficult for themselves, and they changed my perspective on the season Uh, I got to tell you, as I sit right now, they do not look like the team that I thought they were. That's a shame, um, because they've got a lot of tools. Here's one thing that if you really want to be critical, one of the things that made Purdue great early in the season was the fact that they had such a deep bench. Well, right now you've got some problems there. You have Caleb first, he's coming off COVID. So he was on a kind of a minute count. He played a little bit tonight. Um, and, um, uh, but Caleb First is, has hit a bit of a wall even before that game. Then on top of that, Brandon Newman does not look like the same guy he looked like last year at all. Eric Hunter makes tons of mistakes, does not look like the guy he's looked like for most of his career. And even Isaiah Thompson, we've already known, like, Isaiah Thompson is great when when Ivy is, is playing well because Ivy draws so many much attention, and uh, Thompson leads the league in three-point efficiency because he hits the open J. That's really, really great. Um, that's 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 awesome, but when he has to create on his own, he's in a little uh, little trouble. Also, it's tough for him when he plays a bigger athletic guard because of his height. Um, he's not big. He's not uh, long. He's not um, he's not tall. Uh, so so Purdue's got some problems at guard. Ethan Morton is getting better, but Ethan Morton is probably not a fully baked product yet, and so that's asking a lot for that guy to take over. Um, but. Purdue has some issues, especially on defense up at the guard spots, and Ivy has some issues that that come out, and, and Purdue's not playing well when he's really trying to do everything he can, which I think he was trying to, which is great, uh, in some levels and others, others not. When he leaves his feet and he has no idea where the ball's going, it's a big problem for Purdue. And sometimes it ends up with him on his hip or his back, which we've seen over and over and over. He had a couple times where he went up in the lane, he was surrounded by three people, he drew those eyes, couldn't get the ball out of his hands. A couple times he was bailed out by fouls. But I think one or two of those times he was not. So that's about it. Uh, Purdue drops their second game of the season. They are only 12 and 2. They're doing great. It's an awesome season. If you looked at it in a, kind of an isolated way and said, wow, Purdue's 12 and 2, no big deal. I got mocked uh, tonight by one of the guys from Boiled Sports because he thinks that I'm a doomsdayer. I'm not a doomsday uh, but my perspective has definitely shifted. It's been forced to shift and uh, that sucks. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they can get some things together, but a couple of years ago I adopted the idea that I'm going to try to judge things based on what I see. So one of the things that I've noticed is that Villanova is not as good as we thought they were, and nor is North Carolina. So now we have to look through the success through that prism. Purdue has their work cut out officially for themselves now. So uh, there's a couple thoughts here. Uh, let me First, uh, let me thank uh, Martin Vintage. Appreciate their sponsorship. MartinVintage.com. Interboil to check checkout, 15%. Uh, Gridiron Metalworks. Gridiron Metalworks is now down. Our old pal, Paul Sadler, he's gone back to the athletic department, but still, Derek and the team there, they're awesome. Interboiled to check checkout, 15% off there. Great gifts. And then, of course, AJ's. EatAJs.com. A um, couple thoughts. Let's see. I'll read these on the fly. Um, How do you think we can uh, improve the efficiency of the guards? Says Peyton Slater. Uh, it's a good question. I, I, I think what Purdue needs to do is kind of what Painter's been talking about when guys aren't shooting the ball well. Um, I didn't even mention Sash, and I didn't go through all the uh, stats just because you heard me ramble and rant a little bit. But the, um, I think one of the biggest things Purdue needs to do is they need to lean heavy into those seniors doing well, and the seniors need to embrace the moment. So whether it's Sash or Trey, or Hunter, they need to play how they're capable of playing, and I haven't seen Hunter nor Sash play consistently. Um, Sasha was playing amazingly in the beginning of the season. I think that might be the biggest difference right now with Purdue, because when you take him out of the equation, the ability to shoot the open three, he missed a couple tonight. That makes a big difference on how defenses play you. I've said it before, Purdue has a problem. They let guys get open looks from three, but When Purdue gets those same open looks for three, they seem to not knock him down, and that's a major problem. So, I think if Sasha could hit his threes, that'd be a big deal, and I think he can. I think he can get back there. Is this a midseason swoon, maybe? Is this something that this team is just not very emotionally mature? Probably, right? But the problem is you've got a lot of upperclassmen there that should be more mature at this point that should be consistent night in night out. I mean, I think Trey only had nine points and five rebounds. He didn't play as many minutes because Edie was so effective. But I think you need Trey to be a dynamic force in there. He had a great pass from the block. Awesome pass, I think, out to Ivy in the corner. That was a big difference maker is incredible. Um, but you really need those seniors to be consistent, and Eric Hunter has still not found that, and that's a big problem. So it, what's the cure? The cure is the guys to, uh, for guys to play to their um, their potential, those upperclassmen specifically, and calm down the young guys, but we really haven't seen a whole bunch of that yet. One more comment. Uh, that was from Peyton Slater. One more comment was from Charles. Uh, he says, yeah, Ivy came back, took over, then Painter benched him because Painter doesn't like having a hot player in the game. So Painter has always had this issue where it looks, Looks like a guy gets hot and he pulls him. He's done it, uh, it seems like the last five or six um, years to me. I, I think we've been watching that. I don't put this one on Painter as much. Uh, I'm big to lay things at the feet of Painter. Um, I think you guys know that. I'm pretty hard on Matt Painter as a coach. This game, though, I really, I, I, I'm having a hard time not putting this at the feet of the seniors um, because it seemed like, they were nonchalant on defense. I think Ivy wasn't. Play, Ivy played awful defense in many different situations. He's not a senior. He's he is the the guy that needs to do it though. He he really does. If Purdue's going to be great, if they're going to do what I thought they were capable of, as recently as a you know two three weeks ago. It's gonna be. They're gonna be limited by how far Ivy can take them, obviously. And I think the first thing he may need to do is commit to being a defender. Because if he does that, he may he may get the the breakaway dunk that he loves so much. He's a high risk, high reward guy on defense. But uh, man, he was very quiet defensively when he had uh, when he had Davis um, when he was on Davis. Pardon me. Um, he couldn't stop him. Nobody could either. Purdue did not, I'll stress this again, did not have a defensive stopper. That's tough to watch. Morton was as close as they had to it and he wasn't good. He couldn't stop Davis. And then the other side, when Ivy was on Davison towards the end of the game, Davison torched him. I know Davison, man, I can't stand that guy. Still have a hard time with him. I think he's a jerk. I think he's, you know, as old as he is, it's nice that he kept his temper or whatever in check because, I mean, he should be mature by now. He's still a punk. But, um, Davison made the shots down the stretch. Got to give him that. So um, I'm not a fan of Wisconsin in case you didn't uh, figure that out. Um, I don't like a lot of teams in the Big Ten, but I really don't like Wisconsin. I've gone very long today. Uh, I'm at about 17 minutes. I appreciate the people that tuned in live. Looks like we've got a couple right now in spite of it being 12:10 10 now. Uh, but uh, that was a frustrating one for me. And... Um, I hope uh, I hope they can figure some things out. Looking at this team as they stand right now, it is awfully tough to see that defense coming together. Painters teams tend to come together and defensively in early January. You know, kind of a growing thing. They have not made, taken that step yet, and uh, maybe this is enough to get them to buy in. And he talked about it in the post game, saying, "You know, you can't just say this is our identity." Uh, Your identity is what you earn, and I think that's a very good point. This team's identity right now may be inconsistency. Um, A lot of talent, a lot of upside, but amazing inconsistency. And on top of that, you've got a lot of guys that um, aren't playing to their potential. A lot. Um, And that's funny because at the beginning of the season, everybody was clicking, and they are not right now. Guys like Newman, guys like Hunter, guys like Sash even tonight. Uh Sash has played some big games, but he's kind of fallen off at times. Um, uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it could be it could be an incredibly different season than I thought it was gonna be if they don't figure out defense in a hurry. Uh, so next up, in case you didn't know, we'll look at that right now. Purdue plays Penn State. So they play Shrewsbury's team on uh, the eighth. And uh, it's a twelve uh, tip off, twelve o'clock tip off. So um, Shrewsbury's team just beat IU. Uh, they were off on a COVID break for, uh, I think, like two weeks. So they've had to deal with some adversity. Um, they still have some players that Purdue has struggled against. They have dynamic scorers. They have a guy on their team that a couple of years ago just absolutely lit Mackey Arena on fire. Uh, dread, I think. Um so there's something to be concerned about. There, I mean, this is the thing. The Big Ten is an absolute minefield. It always will be, even when it's down. So thanks again for tuning in. Hope you have a great day tomorrow. God bless you. Hammer down. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.